Hey guys, this week we're going to have a really good conversation with a, a new friend of mine, Travis Adair. And before I get there, I want to just talk about Hoffman Boots real quick because it is that time of year where we're coming up to spring bear and turkey season. In fact, I uh, I got a bunch of uh, gobblers gobbling today. Uh, I'm going to post that video actually when I'm done recording. It's pretty fun. But uh, if you don't have good boots, I'm telling you, I stress this all the time, the best money to invest when it comes to hunting gear is your boots because if, if your feet get jacked up out there in the field your hunt is over and what i like to do is go to hoffman boots and and get me a pair of uh, well for me it's the explorers but they also have the summits but the reason is guys I, i'm i'm kind of cheap i'm a cheap guy and so i like quality but i don't want to spend a fortune and that's where hoffman boots comes in they are the best boot out there they don't skimp anywhere on these boots. They just responsibly price these things, and you get a benefit from that because not only are the starting prices uh, better than the competing boots out there that are no better, no worse, uh, but you can use my promo code HUNTSMAN10, all caps lock, to save you another 10% off to get you the boots with the, the best soles. They've got the vibrant soles. They're totally waterproof. I've walked through like three mud puddles in mine today on the homestead, and my my socks are still completely dry, and I love this this boot company, and I love uh, I love the people that work there. Jim Hoffman, the owner, uh, he's a great guy, fellow North Idahoan here, and they just make a great all around boot. So if you guys are in the market, um, don't wait around. Get them, uh, get them now, get them nice. And there's no real uh, serious breaking period like you'll find with some boots. But uh, I, I found, you know, going out on, you know, a, a quick little morning turkey hunt and these boots are broken in. So uh, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Uh, get them now. And again, use promo code Hoffman or um, go to HoffmanBoots.com and use promo code Huntsman10, all caps lock, for 10% off. And also, guys, the uh, Eastman's Hunting Journal's uh, Mule Deer course and Tag Hub are both now available to you. And I can save you some money there, 10% off site-wide by using promo code HUNTSMAN, all lowercase instead of all uppercase. Um, type in HUNTSMAN at checkout. When you go check out the Mule Deer course, it's got uh, several videos that will walk you through how people like Dan Picard are getting these giant muleys on public land in the backcountry, all that kind of stuff that will make you a better mule deer hunter. You'll want to check it out at eastmans.com uh, and also Tag Hub for uh, those of you that are still searching for that special tag this year you still got time um check it out and use promo code huntsman with that let's kick off this episode you guys are not going to want to miss this one there exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away and we won't stand for it those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul in this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman your host coming at you from the broken time studio right here in clark fork idaho where the snow is a melting and the sun is a shining and the turkeys are gobbling i'm pretty excited 
Hey, one thing I forgot to mention in that little intro I was doing there, uh, I do these off the cuff, so bear with me, guys. But uh, I do want to mention, if you need your turkey calls, check it out at Phelps gamecalls.com if you've been listening to this show if you've been listening to this show for a long time see what it, see what happens when you do this off the cuff um you know I'm a huge Phelps game calls fan and they have all the turkey calls you could ever need uh, I am going to I'm trying to figure out doing a turkey episode uh, for any of you any of you uh, beginner callers out there um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that, but every time I, I line one up, it seems to kind of like fall through. So I, I know we're just knocking on the door. Some States are already open. Um, but again, check it out at phelpsgamecalls.com for your Turkey calls. Uh, personally, I am a big fan of the black bat for a mouth read. Uh, but they've got the pot calls and the box calls as well that work very well. And I'm a huge fan. So, um, promo code over there is Huntsman 10 for 10% off this week. I've got Travis Adair. Did I did I say that right, Travis? Yep, you did. Sweet. Who is uh, who's going to be my new attorney? I'm I'm sure I'm going to need one at some point. Uh, Travis is known on um, Instagram as the Wilderness Lawyer, and you can find him at, at Wilderness underscore Lawyer on Instagram. Uh, he's got a ton of followers here. Big time bear hunter, big time mule deer killer. And he's currently residing in my home state of Utah, and uh, I'm really excited to get him on. We've been threatening to do this for a long time, Travis. I appreciate it. <laughs> my pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me. Gosh, that was a mouthful in that intro between the ads and, and introducing you. I feel like I haven't even had a breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to need a, a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> With the whistle a little bit, <laughs> I'll lose my voice, so... Yeah, man, we've uh, we've been threatening to do this for a long time, and I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about living in Cedar City, Utah, brother. Um, we we love it. So, I I actually grew up in Arizona, uh, in, the, in the suburbs of Phoenix, and um, when we fortunately um, we we had some property in the, in the mountains of Southern Utah. So I, I spent a lot of my time in the summers in, in Utah and getting out of the city and learning to hunt and fish. And, and, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, we finally, uh, were able to move to Utah. My, my dad sold his business and we moved to Richfield, a little town in Southern in, in central Utah. And, um, from, from there, I ended up going to college in Cedar City at Southern Utah University and met my wife there. And so we eventually made it back here, and, and we love it. So Richfield is interesting because of the landscape there. It's like, it's like this mixed transitional landscape where it's going from what you think of kind of high mountain, high desert, transitioning to almost painted desert looking uh, uh, country and I I used to love going down we used to ride horses out of Richfield uh, quite a bit and and four-wheelers and you know a, a little bit of everything but it's a it's a great neck of the woods um, and Cedar City it, you know I, I, I never spent a ton of time in Cedar City but I I do know that if you can get a tag down around there uh, there's some great elk country down there 
Yeah, we're we're close to some of the best elk units, in my opinion, in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my 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 dad, who's seventy seven now, um, about eight years ago, he drew a uh, beaver elk tag. Oh and that, man, yeah. He didn't even have that many points to. I really? Mean, he he. Oh yeah, he lucked out. <laughs> and wow, uh, man, that I've was never that was that. such such a fun hunt um and uh our our good friend kelly cox um he's uh on instagram i video wildlife he does a ton of hunting videos and just loves to video get out and and get stuff on video and um we ended up uh getting him this this bull that kelly had seen multiple years and and picked up the sheds and it was, they called it the, the giant five. Uh-huh. It was mainframe five by five. Um, the year that my dad killed him, uh, he had a couple of, couple of, he had a big hook cheater and, and, but he was like a 365 inch mainframe five by five. And, um, and then with a few extras. So it was, was like a, a little over 370 bull and just a, just a super cool bull. That's nuts, man. I just, I don't, I think Utah often gets missed as, in terms of like how good the hunting can be there. And what was that? That was a rifle hunt, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was rifle. Rifle, yeah, was o- o- like mid-October. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, part of it is Utah doesn't have, for, we don't have near the hunting opportunity that, that states like Idaho and Montana and some of the, and have you know our trophy yeah. quality is very very high most there are some um general season uh, there are a few opportunities but um but the 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 state the, the state has done a pretty good job managing managing our elk herd and and um it's it's the trophy potential is really high in a lot of these units but you gotta you gotta yeah. wait in a lot of years <laughs> you gotta you gotta play the game for sure actually and I'll, I'll be honest with you man um you know when i got out of the service I, I moved up here to north idaho uh this was like 2003 into 2003 or whatever um i did take a job back down in utah come around what 2008 for and my wife and i lasted almost four years back in utah uh but it was it was the hunting that where Utah does a great job managing for trophy quality. Um, I hated the fact that I had to take the risk of not being able to hunt that year. You know what I mean? Because uh, you could back then, and I don't know if it's still like this, but back then you could always get like a deer tag for the Northern unit or or whatever they called (laughs) that. Uh, But the areas that I grew up hunting and, and that were that were my memories were, I couldn't get tags for um, you, you know, and so between that and, um, yeah, you know, just how crowded like Salt Lake got, we were like, yeah. okay, we're going back to Idaho. We're small town people, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. we, we shot back to Idaho and, and that's, I think the difference where you're going to find 370 inch class elk in Utah on those special tags. Uh, and you can find those in Idaho too, on, on some of the limited entry and, and whatnot. But the yeah. difference is, is man, I, I, I can get a tag, I can hunt for like months at a time and, and I just, I, it's all, I, I can go to Walmart and get a tag still like the old days yeah. and, and I love yeah. that part of it. 
Yep. I think, I think you can't get any, as far as hunting opportunity, it it doesn't get any better than, than Idaho, at least in in the lower 48. Um, For over the counter, you mean? Yeah. 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 Over the counter opportunities or, you know, or, or hunts that are relatively easy to draw as far as overall hunting opportunity for a wide range of species. I, I agree with you. Idaho is, is where, you know, and that, so I, I do a lot of out of state hunting. <laughs> put it yeah. That well, you kind of so, have to, you kind of yeah, have to. I but. mean, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sitting on 20 bonus points for elk in Utah. Oh, so really? Getting, yeah. Dude, <laughs> so, I will come down. I'll, I'll call him in. I'll go on that hunt with you. That'd be fun. 20 points. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. So yeah, getting pretty, just, probably three years away from max points on sweet on yeah so my my last elk hunt in utah uh i i had passed on a because this was back when and i don't know how it is now again this the like a decade ago over a decade ago but this was back when you could just buy an (laughs) over-the-counter in spike only units and you could shoot a spike or a cow back then and i passed on this cow because i knew there was a spike with her hanging out and um he never gave me a shot because this was archery you know that that august hunt like end of august hunt or whatever um anyway i'd I'd gone out and and didn't get one that year but uh i i had a buddy that had this tag uh and i think it was a spike only too no 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 this okay i'm getting confused man it was a mule deer tag he got a mule deer tag and this is what my memory is of of utah hunting because this was the last time I went hunting in Utah was like, dude, it sounded like Vietnam on opening morning on the deer season. And, uh, I, I was not in Vietnam, but I imagine that's what Vietnam sounded like. And I, I mean, there was like hunters everywhere and it was just cause we didn't do our homework and we went to a real crowded unit, you know? Um, but I've just never experienced that crowded of a unit as I had and I, I'm not going to name the unit because I'll make it more crowded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no it it can be it can be a madhouse on. But it gets like there's places like that in Idaho too. Units. Yeah, and and I've hunted you know I I hunt units in Colorado that are that way, um, that still have really good trophy potential, but mm-hmm. you've got to really know how to pattern the deer and where to, you know, where to where to hunt and really get after it and the optics to work so well according to your instagram you do a pretty dang good job of that <laughs> so i i try i'm i'm curious about uh your career man did you did you get a lot degree there in cedar city or no so um the only there's only two law schools in in utah they're both uh, byu and university of utah yeah, so that's what i thought um i i um got married um my wife's from small town in, in Utah, Beaver, also in Southern Utah. Yep. Um, and, um, so we, uh, well, I, I graduated at SUU with a degree in finance and I, I graduated in December of 2009. I mean, the worst time in modern history for a degree in finance. Yeah, so man. I had, I really had no intention of, uh, never really thought of becoming an attorney, going to law school. It was kind of, um, I was forced to rethink my, my plans kind of in a hurry 
um, because of how the economy tanked, the financial world just collapsed. Because and, so, and, it, and it seemed like it was just going to go on forever. I remember the feeling. It just seemed like there was no end to this economic and financial collapse, yeah. you know? Yeah, kind of, kind of feels like, feels like what I, it feels like that's where we're headed right now. You know, I know. So, yeah. I know. Um, so yeah, it, it forced me to rethink my plans and, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the grades to make it into BYU or one of the top tier law schools. Cause I had been, cause I had hunted too much during college and was a little bit of a slacker, <laughs> but I, I was fortunately, I, I, I tested well on the L, on the uh, law school admissions test, and so I got a scholarship offer, paid half tuition at um, a, a school in in Arizona. It was uh, Phoenix School of Law. It was a private school, for profit school, and oh, nice. um, and um, so that that brought us back to Arizona, back to the city, and um, ended up ended up being there. Um, uh, over eight years, a lot, lot longer than I, than I planned on. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I work for, I actually work remotely for a law firm in Arizona. So I'm still licensed in Arizona and, and in the state of Washington actually. Um, and, um, I, I work remotely. I, I go to, I go to work, you know, in my, in my, PG means in my ball cap. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so what what kind of law do you practice, man? So I'm I do civil plaintiff work. Um, so it's mostly motor vehicle accidents, insurance cases, and and uh, well, for I started out in family law and uh-huh. did a lot of litigation, and that just that was just soul crushing. Uh, it really what, was just, it just cause like families are falling apart and you're dealing with a lot yeah, of emotions kind of thing. You know, I, I loved the legal side of it. And, and I love when I was, when I was working through law school and getting experience and, and doing the, the legal research and writing and, and things, I, I loved it. It was, it was dealing with the other attorneys mm. that grew to hate and just, um, yeah, and pretty much every attorney stereotype you've ever heard. I mean, there's <laughs> there there's a reason for most of them. So, um, it, it, dealing with the other attorneys just got to be um, is you know attorneys that are getting paid hourly. There's no incentive to help people come to the table and resolve. Yeah, yeah, that makes in, sense. In in a way that's similar to what the court's going to order. So they would come in and and just push these crazy positions and, and just disregard the law and, and just waste, you know, people would, they, they spend their whole marriage, you know, trying to save a little bit of money or, or whatever equity they have in their home. And, and it ends up all going to legal fees because the attorneys are getting paid hourly and happy to push the conflict. And so it just, it just, burned me out over after a few years. And so when I, I got the opportunity to do anything else, I jumped at it and it ended up um, working out really well. Cause I've always, I have um, some background in sales and always been personable and, and, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, my, I, I think that my passion for the outdoors and the kind of person I am keeps, keeps me grounded. And, and so and and level-headed so i um 
uh, I, I was able to relate to people and and uh, build clientele, and so really, it kind of just turned into building building the business, building the the firm, and and our clientele, and and turned into rather than having to litigate cases and manage cases so much, it was um, doing intakes and and selling selling our service. You yeah, know, what's, yeah from other firms and and the one as soon as as soon as i um switched over to the civil plaintiff side the firm started doubling in size each year and um nice it was and so i um you know but the the it was just not sustainable for me i i couldn't see myself staying in the city you know, and yeah. I would get out. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. But in between, I mean, the heat down in the Phoenix area in the city, I just, I felt like I was living in the eye of Satan's butthole. You know? <laughs> now, I don't know how people, I have a lot of, I have a couple buddies that I was in the military with um, that live in like Phoenix and, and uh, my buddy, Justin down there in uh, Scottsdale, uh, shout out to Justin. Um He's the one uh, we we got famous by taking a picture together with a camel in Africa, and the camel looks like it's smiling. And and so, um, anyway, I I don't know how people do it, man. I, I I remember we my wife and I we went to this uh, wedding in Las Vegas, and it was like July third or something like that, something crazy, dead of summer, and our feet were sinking in the asphalt of a Target parking lot. Like literally it was so hot that the asphalt was soft. And, and I just, I don't know how people freaking live in those places because I can't stand to be inside sitting in an air conditioner all the time. And it's just so hot. And I imagine Phoenix is the same way. Yeah. You just, you can't escape it. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it can be 120 degrees, even, even hotter. And, and you just, you know, the, the cold, you can always prepare for the cold Yep, and you can always, you can always escape the cold, but but the heat. I mean, unless you just want to sit inside in front of an air conditioner and do nothing. Yeah, which like, I don't want to do it, ever. It, exactly. I mean, yeah. that's that's the you know, and and so um, it just it wasn't a healthy lifestyle. It was never my you know uh, going from in my in my youth moving moving to to Utah to a you know a rural. Uh, community was I just I embraced it because because mm-hmm. it just I I loved the lifestyle I loved the freedom I could get on my four wheeler and and you know in an hour's time be up at eleven thousand feet listening to the elk bugle or on the, you know the on the on the general deer hunt and just I had I had this freedom that yeah or you few, few kids you know ever get to realize. Yeah, exactly. And what what I like about Cedar City, man, is like, because there's that aspect of it, what you just said about, you know, hitting on a or getting on a four wheeler and heading up the mountains. But like in the dead of uh, winter, let's say it's February, you could drive. What is it like an hour and a half, two hours to St. George? And it's Actually, like, like less than an hour. Yeah. yeah. Is it really? I can't I can't yeah. remember. It's been a long time for me. But I mean, you're you're in like, um, you know, an escape from the winter where it's 50, 60, 70 degrees in February. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Um, hang yeah. on, my uh, microphone just came unplugged. Okay, you there? 
Yep, I'm here. Sorry about that. I uh, pulled my mic right. or uh, the wire out of my headphones. <laughs> so, uh, no problem. So with your career, it begs the question, Travis. Are you ready for this? Have I'm you, ready. Have you ever shot at a deer and missed, and as it was scurrying off, yelled, Objection! <laughs> um uh i i don't i don't shoot at deer and miss very often um, <laughs> but but if you did um, you you thought about it right I so mean. yeah you know i never thought about yelling objection because I, I i don't really i don't my, my self-identity isn't i don't really view myself at my identity isn't i'm an attorney i mean i'm 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 a hunter i'm an outdoorsman i'm but you know, anytime I'm missing an animal, yeah, it's it's gonna be a shit. What the what the <laughs> hell just happened? Damn, you know, like yeah, me too. Kind of, yeah, so, <laughs> but um, maybe well, then, I maybe, guess uh, the other way you would put that is, let's say you get a bear down and you get yeah, like you can get up to it and uh, just to you know. Because you've got to have some lawyer friends that would be interested in seeing this stuff, but you can get like right up in that that dead animal's face and just be like, "You've been subpoenaed." I don't know, some something cheesy, something cheesy that the, the lawyers face, would do. You yeah. face the, the hammer of justice. That's the right. 300 the three hundred rub. The three hundred rub. Justice is, justice is served. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I would be willing to do though, Travis, is if you could somehow like either film it or record it or something. If you're ever in court and can work in the phrase, if it's brown, it's down, I will send you a Western Huntsman hoodie and I will donate a hundred dollars to either Sportsman's Alliance or Blood Origins. Can we can okay. we make this happen? Oh well, I'll have to find a way back into the courtroom then to <laughs> mm. so but but or 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 get creative so yeah. that sounds, <laughs> but oh the shenanigans shenan shenanigans we can create man yeah <laughs> i'm really interested in your passion for bear hunting because um again for anybody that's not following you might not know this but you're a pretty prolific bear hunter and uh, from from Grizz up in Alaska, uh, I mean, walk us through a little bit. Of what what is your? Oh, you've even got a bait barrel here on this one picture. Um. So yeah, i've I've got a I've got a good buddy in Idaho that you, I, I, you did an episode with uh, Matt Drake. Um, yeah. And Seth Watts. So Matt Matt lives lives up there in Idaho. Um. I I bear hunt and, and bait with him. Oh, do you guy. really? And yeah, I've I learned a lot that. from, yeah. yeah. And, um, so, you know, with, with bear hunting, it's, um, it really kind of goes back to you know, growing up in the city. Like I, I dreamed of everything that was not, did not have to do with living in a damn city. Right. Mm -hmm. So bear, the idea of bear hunting, like I, I, I always wanted to hunt bears one day. And, um, so it wasn't until after high school, um, I had, uh, spent two years in, in the Arctic of Norway on a mission for my church. And, and, uh, it, when I got back from that, I just, I just wanted to be in the North country. Like I just, I just fell in love with, with, uh, with Norway. And, and I had always dreamed of going to Alaska, never thought I'd ever end up in a place like Norway, but it's kind of, 
it's kind of it's it's like Alaska in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, to the to the chagrin of my parents, I, I took a long hiatus from from college and yeah, and just <laughs> packed up my forerunner and drove the Alaskan highway and, and, uh, went and worked and lived in Alaska for a while. And, uh, just, I I knew it was maybe the only opportunity I'd ever, I'd ever get to, to just go and and hunt and fish and, and do some things, you know, that, that Travis, this, this, that was before you were married. That was before I was married. Yeah. Yeah. So you went up there. So you were busy, man, because you went you went on a mission, right? You went on a mission for the church, yeah. And then, and then you drove the. Uh, where'd you go on your mission, by the way? No, Norway. Oh, it was Norway. Okay, that was yeah. I, okay. I was confused there because my daughter texted me right as you were saying that, so I got distracted. No, Sorry about no, that. No, no worries. <laughs> um, so you served a miss- mission in Norway, and then you got home and and you drove up to Alaska and spent some time working there, huh? Yeah. So yep. we have, uh, I, I, I'm digging this. This is, I, I love learning this kind of stuff about people. And I had no idea you were buddies with Matt Drake. Cause, uh, I, I love following him on Instagram too, because he is like yeah. a, he's an animal when it comes to baiting bears. Oh, he, uh, yeah, that guy, that guy's a maniac. Yeah. I mean, maniac, he, man. <laughs> yeah. So good at it. I, I love, I love Matt. Um, Anyways, so you get you, to the chagrin of your parents, you end up in Alaska working up there. What were you doing up there? Yeah. So, well, I I got a job with one of the you know um, one of the uh, the big tourist companies like Princess Cruises. Like they have lodges, and I was working in one of the lodges, like doing um, like like um, running running baggage to and from the airport and stuff. And and mm-hmm. so I was doing that for a bit, and then I decided I could bake better money in construction. I had a, had done con- some construction and summers in high school and, and the, the year of college before that. And so, um, so I did end up doing construction and really it was just like trying to, trying to put money aside and, and go on adventures. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah, was the man. whole purpose of being there, you know? So I had to, so I worked, you know, I worked hard. I worked, I worked long hours and, and, uh, would save up money and then go, go spend and this was like 2007 2008 and gas prices were like it was even worse than it is today yeah i remember that it was they were they were they were topping four bucks i i remember i remember in canada driving up there paying eight dollars a gallon in like northern british columbia the yukon i mean it was freaking nuts did you know that prices like that are that's like normal in europe I didn't know that. Oh yeah, but that's yeah, that's like normal how, in Europe. That's how it was in Norway on my really? mission there. Yep, yep, it was. And it's and Norway is one of the biggest oil producers in the world per capita. I mean, that's that's it's the richest country in the world because of the North Sea oil, and yet gas that prices is are nuts, man. You know? yeah. and and they're yeah. still paying freaking eight dollars yep. a gallon up there as as just what is usual. Yep. Huh. I, I keep getting you off track, man. I, I just, <laughs> sorry about that. Keep going. <laughs> no worries. So, yeah, but in, in Alaska, you know, I, I, um, I had a, had a roommate that had, had never hunted, wanted to, wanted to learn to hunt, but he lived his whole life there and he was an avid fisherman. He knew, he knew good places to go. And, and so we did, we went and did a caribou hunt and, uh, 
helped him get his first bull caribou and I ended up killing a really big uh bull almost almost Boone and Crockett. Um and then um I had I mentioned to him like, dude, we gotta figure out somewhere to go hunt bears or something like that. And he said, Well I've got a fishing spot that um that I go trek into and and uh I've never been there and not seen bears. And I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> but when, <laughs> really? When, this is happening. So, so we, um, we, we made a trip out there and, uh, um, this is, this is in the, in the interior. So it's, 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 uh, interior grizzly and a lot of black bear. And it was a, it was the fall salmon run. So we were just fish I and mean, the fishing was incredible. Hmm. And so we, um, we got in there and, and set up camp and and started fishing and hunting the first the first evening there we're fishing at the spot and uh and it was the the weather cleared and it was really calm and so we kind of settled down like this the feeling that something some animals might be moving and um it wasn't long um spotted a a grizzly bear down river just poked its head out from the, from the alders and just looked right at us. And, um, I, I scrambled for the gun and, and the bear took off and, and, uh, but that was the first, I mean, that was, I had only seen a couple of bears in the wild ever, you know, before yeah, then. And that yeah. the first, first time I'd seen a grizzly and, and that was just, it was just incredible. I mean, it just got the, Is, it was, the fire was lit, you know, when you're in grizzly, grizzly country like that um because you've spent obviously a lot of time in black bear country as well uh is there is there like a different and and i'm there's there's a reason i'm asking this is there like this different mentality that you have or like this level of uneasiness because they are grizzlies versus like and i'm probably way wrong for this mentality but like i do not worry about black bears at all even though statistically speaking let, you know, if you if you're talking along the lines of people getting injured, attacked, maimed, whatever by by bears, the odds are much greater with a black bear bec- just because of the sheer numbers, right? The, the, yeah. Every every everybody has black bears. Yeah. But I I I agree, and and I have the same mentality though. Yeah, it's, I they just don't. Know, I, I mean, I have them on my they 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 come in and sniff around my chicken coop all the time, and like they're I'll go out there and just shoo them off. You know, I like they don't make me nervous. But yeah. but grizzly and I I hunt and I live in grizzly country as well. They're just super rare yeah. uh, where I'm at. But um, yeah. somewhere like Alaska, there has to be this added level of scrutiny to your surroundings if 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 you will you know because these yeah. these these grizzlies are not only are they bigger there's a heck of a lot more of them and uh I, i'm just curious like how do you react to that what, what's well, your sense in, I, in the field I, hikers get killed every year by grizzlies or brown bears in alaska yeah and it's mostly interior grizzlies um and uh but but the the mentality is I, I feel the same way and and it's mostly based on my experience with grizzly bears and mm-hmm. black bears um, and so this this first this first bear hunt um, really was was eye opening for me and and changed I mean it not only did it light the fire with 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 bear hunting and and just you know made me an addict but um 
it 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 taught me a respect for the creature it, it taught me to respect grizzlies and and you know and and yeah we need to respect black bears too like yeah it, in in bear country we need to use common sense you know in mm-hmm. black bear country would i would i be you know you know keeping junk food in my tent hell no and again i am not the sharpest knife in the drawer man <laughs> but i i do and and i don't know what it is but i i think just the 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 density is so robust here yeah. in north idaho that they like i i used to fear you remember well i don't know where i'm i'm probably a little older than you but growing up in Utah, getting back to this Utah topic, when, when I was a kid, and I don't remember what year it was, it was probably like 92-ish, 93-ish or something, there was this girl that uh, up at Strawberry Lake. Have you ever been up to Strawberry Lake? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, the, this family's camped up at Strawberry Lake, and um, you know, there's like grandma and grandpa there, and I think the parents were there or something. But this girl was sleeping in the back of a truck, and and the uh, the truck had a canopy on it, you know, um, and and they they I don't know maybe put an air mattress down or whatever, and we're sleeping back there with sleeping bags. This black bear busts the glass out of the shell, the canopy, and grabs the kid in the sleeping bag and starts dragging the sleeping bag off. And the grandpa, in all the chaos, wakes up and and goes after this damn bear, this this dragging his granddaughter off. Yeah. Uh, and she was getting, you know, she got, she got pretty messed. I, I, I want to say she was like in, in intensive care and stuff. You know, I, I, I wow. don't remember the extent of the inju- injuries, but it was pretty bad. But the yeah. grandpa goes, goes after the bear and starts like beating on it with a shovel. And the bear drops the sleeping bag with the girl in yeah. it and runs yeah. off. And, and um, I don't know if they ever caught up to this bear or not, yeah. but it was like this big ass news story in Utah. Yeah. You know, it was this big deal. Yeah. And and it really hit home for me because we were at Strawberry Lake all the time. I mean, we I know every nook and cranny of that lake, and and so that it was it, it like really hit home for the longest time. I was I was not scared, but very very cautious of of black yeah. bears. And then I you know I I joined the Marines. I I do that thing, and then I get out and I I come up to North Idaho. And and just the, uh, the the robust numbers up here. Um, I I have this weird mentality, and again, it's probably foolish, but I I just kind of like view them as a raccoon or a nuisance kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But I love hunting them, you know. Well, I, I love hunting. You know, and, and even the even kind of that story helps illustrate the difference between a black bear and a grizzly. If if that had been a grizzly and the grandpa goes and whacks it with the shovel. The grandpa's probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and he would have probably yeah. willingly done it, but, uh, oh, po- yeah. possibly would have saved Absolutely. the girl, but, but y- you're exactly right. And so I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I feel you like know, the, so, I mean, I, I, I have, I have the same, I have the same mentality. And as far as, you know, the, the, the comment I made about like food in my tent, you know, that's ironically, stems from from that first alaska trip i actually that um the the second day of that of that trip um we had we had hunted all morning and trekking through the river and just wiped out so we went back to camp and crashed for for a couple hours and and um i woke up to a to a bear 
coming coming into the tent <laughs> so i could i could hear something wrestling outside instantly and you're like that's got to be a bear so i started to open the tent door and i'm just face to face with a big black bear and it just starts to come into the tent <laughs> so really i'm just i'm yeah i it was it was insane and so i i'm like scrambling for, for had my rifle in the tent and because we're camping in grizzly country so even as a dumb kid i knew to keep my gun close mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm scrambling for the gun and and within you know as soon as i started making a ruckus in there the bear turned and disappeared in the brush you know and yeah and, but yeah. having that having that you know, so that, that, um, changed the way I, I, I feel as far as, you know, how I, yeah. how I, <laughs> that, and that yeah. makes sense. And, and I, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm foolish, uh, for having that mentality, but I, I did you hear, yeah. like, there was this dude camped in the back country here in Idaho and this bear, like comes at him in the tent and he's like ripping his, or I don't even know if he was in a tent. Maybe he was just sleeping on the ground, but the dude punched the bear right in the mouth <laughs> and, and like stuck his fist into the throat of the bear. Oh my God. And that's what got the bear off. I mean, it was a black bear. Um, <laughs> yeah. I read the wow. story, but uh, by the way, anybody listening that knows that dude that that happened to, I'd love yeah. to get him on the show. Dude. Um, Anyway. Just so totally little little up. little bit of a little bit of a tangent, but you hear about the uh, the the kid from Cedar City, the re- the college wrestler over near Cody, Wyoming, and his buddy. Oh yeah, that got mauled yeah, by I the did. grizzly. Was he from Cedar City? What? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, one no of the kidding. kids from Cedar City. Yep, and uh, his him and his buddy. I mean, rather his buddy got himself mauled attacking the grizzly to try and get try and and say and. They both, fortunately, they both, they both survived, but I so mean, it was, it what, what brutal. was, the, what was the circumstances of that? They like the, they were, they were shed hunting and they, oh, and they, right. they didn't have, and they didn't have sidearms. They, they were with some buddies. I think one of them had a gun, um, but they were, they were just out shed hunting and just in just out of nowhere. Um, the, the, the kid got uh, attacked by got slammed to the ground and then the grizz starts mauling them and it was a it was a sow and uh so there's probably cubs in the area and um and the the his buddy ran at the bear and and went and like jumped on it and just just started trying to beat it yeah and he and and he got and he got mauled far worse really yeah yep and uh but they're both they're both, you know, made a full recovery. Um, one of one of the one of the kids went on to uh, um, almost win a junior college national championship like four months later. Well, yeah, after that. you wrestle a grizzly bear, incredible. You, I know. Can right? you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine like like twenty years from now that kid he, he'll he'll he's gonna like walk into a bar and <laughs> be sitting there and somebody's gonna give him the 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 evil stink eye. He's yeah. like, listen, listen. I went yeah. shed hunting out, outside of Cody without a sidearm. Yeah. First of all, that's hardcore in itself. If if you guys, yeah. I do not recommend that. If you're in Cody, Wyoming, and you're going into the into the anywhere off the beaten path, you better have yep. a sidearm. Um, and he goes, listen, I I wrestled, I wrestled a grizzly bear. Don't mess with me. I, for for yeah. the rest of his life, he's going to have that story. So the, I, you know what, yeah. that uh, if if anybody knows those guys. 
um, and yeah. and uh, can can hit me up with their contact information. I, I'd love to get them on the show too. Jim yeah. at thewesternhuntsman.com. Okay. Now, now I'm done. I'm done fleecing the public for a future podcast guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's a you? You're specifically pretty passionate about bear hunting. Um, yeah, you yeah. you kind of have you know, and every hunter's got this. Every every hunter, and, and and I think every hunter, you know, just like as as a man or a woman goes through their life, they have these things where things transition things change things you know ebb and flow in terms of what they're passionate about and what they're what they're focused on um you know and but but for right now uh possibly permanently you seem to be pretty passionate uh versus like like me i'm super passionate about elk hunting however i have recently began bear hunting in the last few years and bear hunting is becoming like something I look forward to spring bear almost as much as I do to September elk hunting. And that is yeah. saying something, Travis, like that is, um, I, yeah. I, if you would ask, ask me five years ago, if that was even a possibility, I would have said absolutely not. Um, and so tell me a little bit, what is it about bear hunting that, that gets you fired up? What, what, what yeah. is it that is so uh, drives you so much to, to pursue this animal? Yeah. So um, you know, it's, it's the, the same way for me, as far as, you know, my, my passion, my whole life has been primarily mule deer. I mean, this grew up mule deer hunting, love mule deer. I still going to hunt mule deer till the day I die, but, mm-hmm. but it's, I get, I get more worked up and fired up about my bear hunts than anything. I mean, it occupies a huge space in my mind <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, it, it really, um, there's, there's something to be said about hunting dangerous game. I mean, it's just a different, there is, it, man. it's different. There it's is. Different. I, yeah. I, what is that? What is, is it like our primal nature? Like the, the danger? Absolutely. It's, it's primal nature. It's, it's, it's part of it's being an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, it's, and you know, just, I, I have, I have so much, I'm so fascinated by these animals and so, mm. and, and I have so much respect for them. And it's just that, that first bear hunt in Alaska just it hooked me for life. I mean, it, it ruined me. It ruined me. It, it would ruin me too. Yeah. That's, I think one of the reasons I'm hesitant to do so, that is, is yeah. I don't want to spend the rest of my life figuring out how I'm going to afford to go to Alaska to, to bear hunt. You know what I mean? I know. And hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an attorney and I, and I can't, I can't afford the $30,000 <laughs> coastal brown bear hunts or, you know, not even close. Well, I you mean, just gotta, you gotta get I've that got, one. You, it's gotta be like my cousin, Vinny. You gotta get that one special case. Yeah. It's gonna, yep, it's gonna exactly. break through. Well, I, I made it, I made it happen this last year. So I've, I've, I've killed two grizzlies and, you know, every, every hunt Alaska hunt I've done has been DIY. Um, so mm-hmm. that, you know, really I, I learned where to hunt just by, you know, this, when I lived, when I lived in Alaska and, and went, you know, and went to my, my buddy's honey hole, you know, where he'd, yeah. Where yeah. Where uh, she, he, or I'm yeah, sorry, he and the fishing's you. incredible there. I mean, that's just an incredible spot to fish. Um, but, um, you know, so that on that, on that first hunt, I, I ended up, we had, we had the bear come into the tent or, you know, almost come into the tent and 
was it two hours later? I, I killed my first black bear in the alders at eight yards. Wow. Rifle. And there's uh huh. Yep. Rifle. Yep, yep. I just saw, saw brush move, pulled up this scope and just saw these black beady eyes looking at me and shot it through the neck. It was stood, it stood up at eight yards and shot it through the neck. And, wow. and uh, so it was like mid afternoon. Um, we, we get the bear, skinned out and it had been raining it was it, it was cold and uh so we decided we're gonna we're gonna float the carcass over to the gravel bar on the other side of the river and and build a fire and start to you know and start start deboning that 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 bear and right right then as we hit the gravel bar we looked down river the exact same spot where we had seen the grizzly the day before the, the either the same grizzly or another one's back in the same spot, nose to the river on the river bank, just waiting for a big sockeye salmon meal. And uh, it was 300 yards down river. And so, I mean, it was just one of those surreal moments. Like I'm going to double up on bears. My first, my first bear hunt. You know? <laughs> and and so I went and got, went and got in position about 200 yards and laid prone. And, uh, that bear was just, just, you know, it's it, nose to the water. And, um, so it had, it had no I, idea you were there. It had no idea. I mean, the sound of the river, the, the, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 it was really rainy and had been wet. There was, you know, there was, there was no wind. It was, it was just totally, it, oblivious and uh, totally focused on, on on its next meal and uh mm-hmm. so i got in got in position and uh, i mean that, that's a moment i'll never forget is settling the crosshairs right behind that bear's shoulder and uh and so i shot um i was shooting a 300 short mag and it just hammered that bear huge exit wound and this this experience um, taught me, taught me the difference between grizzlies and black bears. I've, I've never shot a grizzly or seen a, or sorry, I've never shot a black bear or seen a black bear shot with a Magnum rifle that hasn't died in its tracks. Yeah. Um, and this, this, you know, to a, to a 22 year old kid that's never seen a grizzly, like everything looks huge. It was, it was a young boar, about a five-year-old, um, about a seven-footer. You know, these are interior bears. They're not, they're oh, not nothing seven. like the coastal. Oh, you know? Just a little seven-footer. No big yeah, deal. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> the, he's, he's only got yeah. paws the so, size of a Buick. Yeah. You know, only, I mean, no big got, deal. Yeah, he's only got claws yeah, the size of the index fingers. You, you probably know, could but, have put him but, on a leash and walked him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no big yeah. But you know, he he was he was I've I've killed I've killed my biggest black bear is is as big as this bear. You know, yeah, yeah. it was a big black and, bear, and he and he just just shy of seven feet. He's like six six ten six eleven. So just like a is you know, a, a a young a young boar, but for a black bear, he would have been a big black bear. oh yeah totally um, man totally is that the bear that is in your instagram profile picture where you're kind of walking by the creek with the with the uh, head on the that, back that's not that's that's my that's my big grizz that's, that's your the one big i killed one. in august yep man i'd hate, so, to, I'd hate to mess yep. with the small one if that's the big one 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, so that's incredible, man. You know, let, I, I, I don't want to interject too much here. Cause I want, I want, if you've got more of this story, this is, this is a yeah. great story. I love this so, kind of stuff. This is, yeah. I mean, this, this was, like I said, this hunt ruined me. It did. It just, it changed how I view the natural world. It changed how I, it created this obsession with bears. Oh, I know. Fire. But, I know what it was, Travis. It was, you were, you were saying that the, the, the rifle you were using, your, what was that? A, a, you said a, it was a, it was a 300, uh, a short mag, a short mag. And, and, yeah. and that drops all the black bears in place. What did it do to the grizzly? So, um, the, the grizzly and I made perfect shot, double lung, took out the top of its heart, massive wound channel. So the bear dumped head first into the river. Okay. Uh And I, I mean, I start celebrating. I'm, I I think the bear, I, I'm expecting the bear to turn belly up and start floating down the river, you know? And so I start celebrating and my buddy's coming running up and just like, holy shit, I can't believe this just happened. And we're not even, we're not even looking down river in that moment. And we just hear this and just that bear, that bear shot out of the river, like, like a rocket ship and just ran (laughs) through the, ran through the alders, just just breaking trees it just sounded like a freight train running through the trees like just plow just snapping trees in its wake it was so you know it turned from this moment of celebration to this moment of sheer terror i'd never heard or experienced anything remotely like that in my life what why sheer terror um, what, what did you feel like it was coming back towards you or it just just from what i'd heard just from what i i mean it, it's, it's just it's, eerie you can't even that's eerie yeah stuff, you can't like you know? no 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 video footage or audio footage could could give it justice yeah you know i, just, I know exactly so, what you mean and so we you know we and and when the bear ran off into the brush it didn't stop i mean it's just going off oh <gasps> And I had never heard any, it wasn't, it wasn't a death moan. And, and yet this bear's lungs were gone. I mean, I don't even know how it's, how it's, it's physiologically possible, but, um, so we, we got our, like loaded our guns and we, and we kind of waded up river and got as far as we could on the other side of the river, not knowing if like we were going to have a standoff or, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, you don't moment. know. I, yeah. they, I started questioning that I'd made a good shot. You know, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I, maybe I'll hit a little bit high or hit it low and missed, you know, maybe I only caught one lung or something like what, what the heck happened. And, and, um, so we just, just sitting there and listening to that bear, um, it, but my, my hair just stood up on the back of my neck. It was just like electric. And that, that is, that is a, sensation i have never gotten hunting anything else freaking incredible man i i know you know i want to put it into perspective what you were talking about where you hear it in person versus seeing it like on a youtube video or something because like for for those of you listening that have never hunted bears and and like just the they have this they have this sneakiness in this, this, uh, level, this sense of danger to them. 
and and I'm only fe- speaking from the experience of a black bear hunter. I've I've never hunted a grizzly bear. Um, but so like I want to maybe some of you have just hunted elk and and you've watched a bunch of YouTube channels. Uh, or, or, you know, hunting shows or whatever, where, where you hear the elk bugle, you know, on, on YouTube, on, and it's on like your phone yep. speakers or something like that. And you contrast that to being in person and there is an elk within 60 yards it, screaming his face off. Exactly. It's so you different. Could, you could it's, watch every elk yeah, on YouTube it's and so you're never different. capture what you hear every September in the field elk hunting. It's nuts, man. Like I feel like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just feel like when an elk is screaming his face off at you and you know what, even, even with their, when they're not screaming like this, this elk that I, um, that I killed last year, uh, that he was not screaming his head off. He was just kind of going, you know, you know, a little bit, a little bit, and just let me know he's coming. He's coming to see, and 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 it's just you can't even put into words the feeling you get when you hear this wild animal, this eight hundred pound freaking horse, you know, that is making all this crazy noise coming in at you. And so, putting that into context, those of you that have experienced that with an elk. And then think of that from the standpoint of, of a grizzly bear and the, it's, the it's roar. Just, it, and the, It's prehistoric. It, yeah, prehistoric. That's a great way to put it, man. Prehistoric. I, I think that's that's part of why, uh, Travis, I think that like it, it just like it really sparks the soul. It, it really yeah. ignites something within yeah. us because of the uh, you, you when you say something prehistoric, that has been transferred through the DNA of humans and man for so long that it's yeah. it's even though it's eerie and it's it's almost foreign, it's it's uh, like super personal, and it also is familiar. And and that familiarity is what strikes me when I hear an animal do that. I like I stepped on a black bear that was uh, I was hunting elk one time with my bow. And this black bear sleeping in the brush, and it was it was raining really hard, and it was uh, pretty windy, so he didn't hear me coming. And it was this, uh, it was real brushy, like the you know three foot tall grass kind of stuff. And um, I'm walking, and I kind of I I kicked it basically because I was walking, and I was like, what what the hell was that? And all of a sudden, this blob of blackness jumps out of the brush, and it wasn't a very big bear, and it just makes this screechy, crazy sound. Uh, like panic slash threatening sound mixed, you know, kind of like an attorney that's losing their case. Was that a, that, that was a pretty good interjection. Hey, right? That's, huh? that's a great analogy. I gotcha. I Absolutely. gotcha. And, and it was kind of, it was kind of like that. And, and this sucker, he just kind of looked at me and made that crazy sound. And then he ran the other direction. Th- there was something that terrified me about that and something that I felt this, strange familiarity and the familiarity yeah. is what threw me off. And I think it's because that's the kind of stuff our souls are designed to experience from, you know, thousands of years being passed down through our, yeah. our, our DNA. I get, I get really excited about this stuff, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's great. You know, in having, having studied, studied grizzly bears and black bears, I mean, for all the, for all the, you know, they they are anatomically different and mm. one one thing that 
similar to elk. I mean, any anyone who's killed a lot of bull, bull elk knows. I mean, they they can be one of the toughest animals to take down. Yeah, uh, they are, and a lot of that has to do with their their anatomy and their adrenal glands and. A grizzly bear's that way. A grizzly bear has just crazy adrenal glands, and so you know all the all the, hor- the stories out there of brown bears, grizzly bears that that were that were dead on their feet but still going. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're just anatomically they can do things that a black bear can't do, and and so I I you know experienced that you know like in in my you know, my introduction to bear hunting, I got to experience both and on the same night. I mean, so it, you know, this, this grizzly finally, it it didn't even really let out a death moan. It just kind of the tone changed and then it stopped. It went, it went silent. So I knew it was dead. It hadn't, hadn't moved. And, and uh, by then it's starting to get fairly dark. And so we go, get on the river bank and, and the, the alders are so thick. I mean, you just, you can barely walk through it. So we turn our headlamps on and had our loaded guns and we go crawling on our hands and knees through the, through the, the bears tunnel in the brush. They, they just have their trails formed in the, in, through the alders, just these tunnels. Wow. You're, you're crawling through, through just just piles of of fresh scat and you're crawling through fish guts and and it was just after what i had just seen and heard even though i knew i knew the bear was dead laying back laying there somewhere it was it was it was sheer terror and and at the same time never i've never felt more alive like it was (laughs) It was so, you know, I mean, I was so wound up and, and so, but it was just so eerie. And so, um, it, it, you know, I, it just the heaviness of the air, huh? Yeah. Taught me a respect for, for those animals that, I mean, they are, they're just prehistoric. Like they dominate, they have dominated, you know, they have dominated their domain for forever. And, and, um, so we, you know, we, we find the bear and, and get it taken care of. And, and even after that, just pack, packing two bears out through the alders and stuff, you know, after dark was the whole experience of it. After, after seeing and hearing, witnessing that it was just, I, we made it back to camp and I just, it was the most surreal feeling. Like huh. I was thankful to be back in one piece and even though i know i I knew i wasn't in any real danger at any point it was just like but there i mean there's always a sense of danger when when it's a grizzly bear i mean even a black bear i I, you know you walk up on a black bear that you just killed yeah and um you know unlike you i'm not a lawyer so i don't get up to it and i'm like you know hey i rest my case you you know it's not it's not like that for me uh, but uh, that leads to the question: Are you tired of my lawyer jokes yet? That, no, hey, it's you can you can say anything you you like about <laughs> lawyers. I'm, I'm kind of the anti-lawyer lawyer, so you can. Well, they're not bad. I try yeah. to make. I'm, I'm trying to think of like lawyer puns as lawyer, as we record oh, here. Um, yeah. uh, you know, the prosecution yeah. rests when you found your bear. Yeah. You know, but um, 
So when I, that's what I'm curious about though, is like walking up. So you've walked up on, on uh, black bear and grizzly that, that you've had down. Yeah. Is there, is there a difference in the way you feel the smells, the sights, the, the feeling of um, anxiety over this, this large predatory animal? What's the difference between a grizzly bear and, and a black bear when you walk up on it? Well, I mean, you notice the the claws are so much bigger, and and you, you notice the um, even on you know on a on a younger boar like that, it was um, you know anatomically very different than than the biggest black bears I've killed, you know, and was yeah. and was kind of intimidating, you know, and yeah. just that's what I that's what that, I think. you know, and, and, I mean, I was just a, a kid that had hunted growing up hunting deer and elk and fishing and and i mean it just it i I just got submerged into this world of you know i didn't i had no idea what i was in for and uh Mm. and so you know then um the the next year one of my one of my cousins um flew up to come to come hunt with me we went in the same area and uh i passed i never never got the opportunity at a big mature grizz like i wanted and uh passed on a couple but my i got my cousin a a big um it was like six foot eleven black bear just beautiful black bear and we had we had watched it in the in the river and and uh um it was getting close to to dark he couldn't get a shot off in time before i mean when they're on the river, they don't stop. They're just they're moving. They're in so it was like in and out of the alders. So it disappeared we're like crap i hope it's not gone and and about two minutes later right in front of us the alders just start shaking and the bear just like jumps down into the river eight it was it was like under 10 yards again i mean this is uh right in front of us and he he yeah. shoots it with the three shoots it with the 300 wind mag and just that bear just collapsed and let all the it double lunged it, just let all the air out. I mean, it just blew steam out the side of it. And, uh, and so that again, like that seeing, seeing the difference between the, the, the grizzly that I'd killed, that was the same size, the exit hole. I mean, I could, I could just put both of my fists right into its chest cap. Wow. You know? And, and yet, and yet that it took, it took minutes to expire. I mean, it felt a lot long, you know, felt like mm-hmm. an, an hour, eternity. probably yeah. five minutes, you know? Huh. And, um, and I mean, I have never, I've never seen, um, a, uh, a wound channel on a bear like that on, on that grizz. And Incredible. yet it, you know, and, and I've killed a lot of black bears and seen a lot of black bears die and, none of them none of them could take a a shot like that and and uh so then um so bear hunting really i I didn't get a grizzly on that second trip and i really wanted a big grizzly and then i ended up going back and finishing school and i got married and started a family and and was was in the city and bear hunting i i got to do a little bit of bear hunting down in arizona and um, but it was just like this, this scratch that I couldn't, that I couldn't itch for yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. And so I finally, finally got out of the, got out of Arizona and, uh, um, 
And when we moved back to Utah, I'm like the first, uh, the first thing I need to do is I just need to plan some killer bear hunts. And so I, I booked, booked a bear hunt in, in Alberta and which, which this was like a month before COVID changed the world. So I oh, booked yeah. my first guided hunt. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And it's been three years. And I'm finally going on that hunt in May. That, that, <laughs> so did you three say years that's, later, that's a grizz you know, hunt that's, uh, or is that a that's, black bear? That, that's black bear in, in Alberta. And so, and then I started hunting Idaho and, and done some great hunts in Idaho. So I've killed, you know, over the last three years, killed, a, killed a lot of, a lot of black bears and, yeah. Um, but so Sweet, Alaska man. was, I mean, to go and do a guided hunt in Alaska just costs so much money. And I, you know, yeah, if, if I had stayed in the city and sold my soul, maybe I could afford to do a hunt like that. But, you know, I, 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 Hey, I respect 30, that 30 man. Grand, 30 grand for a bear hunt is, is it's out of, it's out of reach for me, Dude, you know, who, just like I, it is I for most like, working class people. It's crazy you to know? think that like 30, do you know, I, for, for me, I could buy, I could buy like two cool fishing boats for 30 grand. And, and, oh, yeah. and so to spend that on one hunt, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy yeah. to me, but, yeah. um, so, so two, two years ago, my, my brother-in-law, who grew up in high squad take when he was in high squad taking bear uh, deer hunting with me and and but he hadn't hunted for years and he, him and his wife moved to Alaska so the only way a non-resident can hunt in Alaska without a guide is with a someone with a resident, within yeah. first second degree of kindred so it has to be a sibling or brother-in-law or, or parent or you know or grandparent and so when I found out he was moving I mean I'm I I just told him hey like this this has to happen like you you're you're going with me <laughs> and yeah and he was and he was down he was excited and so he had to they had to be there a year before getting getting residency in alaska as being able to hunt as a resident so the second year this last fall um i got to go up and so i mean it's been you know over a decade and I'm fi- finally made it back to my old, my old honey hole, my yeah. sacred ground. And, um, and so we, um, and it was, it, nothing had changed. I mean, just bear sign everywhere and the fishing was epic and, Gosh, and that sounds um, great. Just let me know when, uh, and I'll have my bags packed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need to know, I know this dude, honey hole. <laughs> it is it is it is worth it for the fishing alone. It oh, is man. So, yeah, I, I that's was, I keep thinking about that and I've seen some of the yeah. pictures you've got on your uh, your Instagram page. Um yeah. so uh, like like you know, there's uh, yeah. we we got some kindred spirits going on here with with yeah. the fishing. So <laughs> I just yeah. I, the other thing I want to I want to address to with listeners um that maybe where I was like 4 or 5 years ago where the like what before I started bear hunting Travis I didn't understand bear hunting and I didn't understand why there was this draw why there was this obsession why there was uh th- this passion that developed out of bear hunting and and I want to get kind of your take on this but I want to tell any of the listeners that are thinking, oh man, you know, bear hunting. What what are we talking about bear hunting for? And blah blah blah. And and uh, because it is when you look at the overall demographic of hunting, the 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 proportion, or, or I'm sorry, the 
I guess the uh, percentage of hunters that actually bear hunt versus yeah. everything else is is relatively small. You know, there's yeah. not a lot. There's not like a ton of bear hunters out there. Yeah. And so I always kind of thought it was this obscure thing that only specific people were into because of whatever reason. Yeah. And then I tried it, and it is yeah. nothing like what I had imagined before I had done it. And mm-hmm. and it it was just it's it's a whole different thing than what maybe some people that have never done it have in their mind. Yeah. Um, and the experience and the feelings yeah. and the emotions that you go through when you're bear hunting are are so separated from like an elk hunt or a deer hunt. And yeah. and and I don't want anybody to misinterpret the fact that the the number one hunt for me, the thing that I am most passionate about, is is for sure September archery elk hunting. I I, I love it with a passion. But but bear hunting is right behind it. Yeah. And that's saying something for somebody who's obsessed with mule deer and even whitetail. I I love hunting whitetail. You know, uh, but but I I guess what I'm trying to get at is for anybody that's listening with maybe a lack of understanding of bear hunting, you've never done it, and and you may be thinking that you'd rather listen to something other than bear hunting, um, understand that I was I was where you are at, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, and, and it took one bear hunt for me to turn that around into this perception that if you haven't bear hunted, man, you don't know what you're missing. Like it is a it, just watching these animals and experiencing from their behaviors to their vocalizations to their uh, the, the way they move and and how big they could be, but yet you still don't hear them. Just like you know, a bull elk could do the same thing. You know, you get you get this six hundred, seven hundred pound animal that could be hauling ass through the woods and you don't even hear it. You know, uh, but yeah. bear hunting just adds this whole other level. This is it's this predatory species. That is, there's this um, mindset of fear in the in the society, you know, built into society where we're supposed to be afraid of bears. Yeah, you know, you know, and what's your take? I mean, I mean, you know, they're coyote hunters that that you know, avid coyote hunters. They do it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. And there's there's something about there's something about hunting predators that is just. And, and that behavior about them that's just that that that's fat when once you get to know them is just fascinating and it's um and part of it for me i mean i look i look forward to hunting idaho in the spring for i mean up in the up in the high country everything's green and up it's just beautiful the snow-capped mountain peaks the just the the the, the springtime in the mountains it's there's nothing better um, are you going? So that's that's part of it too. Are you going um, with Matt? By the way, this year I I am. Yeah, Sweet. I'm going to be up there hunting with him this spring. We've got an awesome awesome spot up there. He's just massive canyons. Um, is is Seth coming out? Bears. Um, he's he's coming out at some point. Yeah, I think he's he think he's going to be out there hunting with Matt the the week that I'm going to be in Alberta on my on my bear my black bear hunt up there. I think so, Seth. Yep. Seth just—I uh, don't know how they did that. They—they they opened a branch or a chapter or whatever of the American Bear Foundation there in Northern California, yeah. and so Seth's like hitting that up. So that's that's yeah, pretty I cool. Saw that. I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So so shout out speaking to Seth. Of, I need to, yeah. Speaking of, I need to I need to join the American Bear Foundation. I've I it's something I just recently 
kind of became aware of. So I'm going to, I'm going to join that. I would encourage anyone listening to this to, yeah. to join that. Cause um, you know, I've been, I've, I've been a member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Mule Deer Foundation and things like that for forever, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, but yeah, there's there, um, there is a lot of and and bear hunting. Bear hunting is more controversial. We face more. It scrutiny. is. I we think- face more scrutiny. We face more opposition, and we need the you know we need the resources we need the we need the we need people involved yeah well there's that that's a huge part of it man and I, I don't know if that either feeds into or helps build like this um opposition to for within yeah. hunters in terms of black or bear yeah. hunting uh like like my brother my brother and I are pretty close my little brother uh tim uh, yeah, my parents were that creative, Jim and Tim. Um, they, like he, he does not understand bear hunting at all. I, and my little brother, he's not a big time hunter either. And I, you know, whatever we, we used to both be, uh, but he's just kind of lost his interest in, in, uh, in hunting on a, on a level like I am, like, I'm just obsessed with it. You know, it's my <laughs> life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he does not understand the black bear hunting and, and he doesn't understand, but he's never done it, you know? And, and I think that that kind of ties into what you were just talking about in, in a sense that, you know, there is a lot of opposition, opposition to, to bear hunting because, you know, when you look at things like just the societal, um, perceptions that are already misinterpreted in regards to hunting, it's compounded yeah. with bear hunting because bear hunting has this thing where everybody, you know, everybody grew up with with a teddy bear as a kid and and watching <laughs> these cartoons where the bears were super Winnie friendly, the Winnie the Pooh, and Moki the bear, Moki the bear, and Baloo the bear, and all all these bear yeah. characters, and so like there's this, you know, people have this fondness of bears. Um, yep. What they what they don't what they don't show you on that you know National Geographic or or any of that is you know the 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 cubs being killed every spring during the rut by by boars yeah you know? the boars the, just ripping apart these the, cubs you know, or, yeah or the sows eating their dead cubs after they've been killed yeah like li- literally you know they they are a they're they're a predator a, a cannibalistic creature they are. Mm-hmm. They'll eat and, anything, and, man. Yeah, and they need and they need to be managed. And people that think they don't, they don't, you know, prey on on elk calves, moose calves, deer fawns. They they absolutely do. They're a huge factor. And there's a reason why they're you know areas of Idaho they they charge non residents thirty bucks a tag with two tags. Oh in yeah, a bunch absolutely, of, man. In half the state, you know, they can't they can't get enough people to come. You know, they 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 need they need more well, harvest some areas and like Alaska, Alaskan residents, some areas can kill up to five black bears a year and two grizzlies. Well, in they're some prolific years. breeders. I mean, they're prolific breeders. It, and yeah, one, one way I've relayed that to people is telling them that like, you, you know, where I live up here in the panhandle of Idaho, it is actually easier for me to get a bear than it is for me to get an elk. And the yeah. elk numbers are I, I don't know. I, I think yeah. they're greater than the bear population, but there's so many bears. Like I get one of one of the bears uh, I killed last year was totally by accident. I I, wow. I think it came into some cow calls that I was making 
or huh. it just was happenstance yeah. where he just wasn't paying yeah. attention. But uh, he ate an arrow because yeah. I because that's I don't I, I I'm I'm not like a trophy bear hunter. Like I'm I get picky yeah. on certain species, but up here. There's so many bears that that any day yeah. you can make in the population is is doing something for the ecology of the landscape. Yeah. So that's I, that's I, kind of my position. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of becoming a trophy bear hunter because I've killed a lot of bears and I you know and but at the same time too like get to the last day of a hunt and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger on on something yeah. not, that's not a that's not a young bear you know but. Um, what about, it doesn't have to be a huge trophy for me to, cause, cause the, the management aspect of it, they're, you know, they're issuing those tags for a reason mm-hmm. and, and every, every one of those, you know, bears that you, you take out, I mean, that is, that is numerous moose or, or elk calves, or, you know, every spring. And so it's, um, you know, and, and one, one other point you made about as far as people not understanding bear hunting, you know, it's kind of, uh, it kind of, it's, it's almost something I kind of take pride in the fact that I get to do something and enjoy something that so few people understand or will ever experience. Like, especially, you know, people that people that live in, in our, our, you know, I mean, our, our worlds become so overly, urbanized and mm-hmm. and you know their people's understanding of bears or what they've seen on, on the propaganda they've seen on their whole lives or you know? the san diego zoo yeah. you know it's, exactly such a big difference with the way the the and i'll i'll never for, and i addressed it on this last uh the the yeah. episode i released this week um yeah. which this episode we're recording now won't be till next week yeah. so this might be confusing but I'll never they, forget. They are they are such smart creatures. Yeah, you know? and yeah. Baiting, baiting bears is a challenge. Yeah, if you just want to kill the first, you want to kill a bear. You know, it's 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 vastly different than than you know baiting baiting huge you know old mature ancient bears. I mean, that's kind of where I'm. That's that's the challenge that I really. Know, look forward well, to I feel like I feel Granted. like Matt Matt's gonna kind of kind of he'll still steer you in the right direction with that oh, um, man, oh he's yeah. good with the baiting there we yeah we we've had some some huge bears on on camera and uh yeah. um and la- my hunt with him last last year was was awesome and can't wait to what, do that this year but what about Utah man are you I know you guys can't bait but what is you, you, we actually we actually can on there's there a limited entry tags they have a bait season oh you really get yeah yep it's on a limited entry only um and so it's but there's not it's it's not really it's obscured not not many people know about it because there's so few you know tags and and Utah I mean we don't have nearly the number of bears that Idaho has and. And, but at the same time too, I think that our, I think that the state's management of bears is, is overly conservative. I think there's far too few tags. I'm, I've got 12 bonus points for Utah bear. Mm -hmm. So I'll be, and I'm next year I'm, I'm at max points. So I'll find, I'll, I'll finally draw next year. Um, and there's, there's, should be a great hunt and, and it's going to be a baited hunt. 
Um, well, I know. And, oh, you will be able to beat that. Yep, I'll okay, be able to. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be doing that. That that season. That that hunt. I was talking to a guy <laughs> up here um, where I where I live. There's this outfitting service here, you know, and and this this old timer. Mm-hmm. He kind of manages all the guides or whatever. He's he's the guy I've known for years. He's probably 120 years old. Um, I, I asked him if he's ever listened to my podcast, and he's like, uh, I don't even know what a podcast is, <laughs> you know. And so he's a great dude. But he's been, they've been guiding for for bears for a long time. Um, and and he said in regards to baiting, uh, you know, it's it, this is this is my way of giving a shout out to, uh, you know, Jess up at Batum 907 because he, he's a big Batum 907 guy. And mm-hmm. he's, I, I'm like, well, what, you know, what do you use and why and blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, you can buy local bait from companies here in Idaho or you can get bears on your bait. And that's why I go with Batum 907. And and so uh, I know that's kind of a cheesy way of, of I don't, I get nothing out of promoting Batum 907, but I, yeah. I am a huge fan because uh, it is super effective. I'm such an amateur, but every season I get so many bears on my bait yeah. and uh, Batum 907 out of Alaska. I mean, shit, they're like yeah. in the, they're in the Mecca of bear hunting. So obviously yeah. they know what they're doing. So, but. Yeah. Matt, Matt and I, we love, uh, Boar Masters, Nick, Nick with Boar Masters is a, is a great mm-hmm. guy. He's he's on the other end of the state from where you're at. So yeah, yeah. he's he's um and and uh you know it's just yeah the the quality the quality of the product and I've heard I've heard great things about Batum 907 and and uh um it, you know it's just and it and it's good to support to support you know, company companies that share well, our values. The cool and, thing with any bait company is, is it's not like you're, you're not buying from Cabela's, you know, this isn't like yeah. some national conglomerate. This is, a small this is like, these are small companies, American made. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll never stop using Batum 907 for me. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, a lot of this stuff is personal relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's kind of how it sets up. So I I wanted to go back. I wanted to tell you like I know where a big ass bear is in Utah, but it was from like over a decade ago. So I don't know if he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know in my there's I have a lot of um, I, I, my opinion with with bear hunting in Utah is we we need more tags and and um, there's. Uh, plenty well, of i have plenty of anecdotal evidence to support that they get you know guys that that i i know have that have baited bears in in utah and have helped other people bait bears i mean when when you set one one bait site and you've got 15 18 bears hitting it like that that area could probably use more tags so that that's a good and that's a, probably a good place. I don't I don't want to totally transition it uh, away from that, but it, it all ties into predator management, right? Yeah, we had talked about um, this mountain lion bill, and and there's a couple things that have come out of your neck of the woods this year that people keep emailing me about, and one of them is this. Um, what is the bill called? HB 469. HB 465. Yeah, the mountain lion bill. And the, the other one was this uh, shed hunting thing, which uh, whatever with that. But yep. 
Um, tell me a little bit about this mountain lion bill that the uh, Utah DWR just kind of so what made was it, so. it was it was passed by the Utah legislature and, and signed by Governor Cox and and the the outrage is is that you know their their people are saying well it's 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 a mountain lion extermination bill it's to kill all the mountain lions because Utah is mo- mo- Mountain lion tags have been awarded through limited entry. I mean, I know guys that have waited 13 years for their mountain lion tag. And um, yeah. so the, what the bill does is it makes anyone with it, – it, it's over-the-counter mountain lion hunting now. It's it's open season on, on mountain lion hunting. And so the, you know, the, the alarmism is we're going to kill all the mountain lions. But the reality is most – many western states have been doing this forever and i've lived half my life in arizona and i've hunted far far more in utah than i've hunted in arizona and i've every mountain lion i've seen in the wild has been in arizona well guess what they've had over-the-counter open season on mountain lions there for decades and they're not getting rid of okay hold on hold on have you spent much time at Lake Powell? I have not. Um, just, uh, I mean, I've been there, but I haven't. I haven't spent a ton of time there. I've- okay, so th- there's two things with that that I think are are critical. First, if you're not spending a lot of time at Lake Powell, you're wrong. And second, uh, there's a ton of mountain lions down there. But um, the uh, well, let me say it this way: when I Growing up in the 80s and early 90s, there was a ton of mountain lions at Lake Powell. Uh, we'd see them all the time. And so, um, but that's close to the Arizona border because I think, I think what uh-huh. people, people tend to react to things kind of from a, uh, I don't know, they overreact before they really give something some thought. And I've, I told you, I've gotten a couple of messages regarding this bill. Uh, in Utah, the thing is, is like, I'll give you an example. Like Oregon has year round hunting for mountain lions and they still don't have their mountain lion population under control. We basically have, um, uh, or I, I'm sorry, Idaho is pretty aggressive with their mountain lions and we still have a ton of mountain lions. Uh, they're not as, um, prevalent as i think sometimes idaho fishing game thinks they are like when they do studies on on mortality rates on calves uh elk calves and and uh, deer fawns and stuff like that uh because i i think that they're well i'm not going to go there that'll open a whole other can can of worms but another great example is when you look at the number of wolves in the state of idaho um and and you look at the fact that we can basically hunt wolves year round uh we could basically hunt yeah. wolves with spotlights in certain circumstances yeah. we could we could trap wolves we could all these things like like we could do pretty that's, much as that, aggressive that, as you want to get that's exactly how arizona has been managing lions for decades and and we still have a shitload of wolves here in in idaho and so i think that some of the reactions and i get it i i get it you know uh one guy in particular that sent me a couple of messages regarding this bill in 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 utah i i i get the concern but you're talking about a mountain lion a a mountain lion is one of the most stealthy these animals 
They need aggressive management in order to even control a 10% ratio of their population in, uh, you know, um, fluctuation. (laughs) I lost the word there for a minute. Yeah. So, so I mean, even, even at a 10% rate, they are very, very difficult to, to, to maintain and, and control. And so, I just want to caution people before they overreact. Well, you know, oh, they bypassed a DWR and it it got legislated to be, you know, mountain lions are getting hunted and it's going to be the end of mountain lions in the state of Utah. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I, I just don't see it. I don't think that it's going to change the amount of people that actively hunt mountain lions. Like there is no hound hunting for mountain lions in the state of Utah. Is there without that special draw tag? Or does this bill um, change hound hunting? There's well, hound, hound hunting will will be allowed, but there it's it's you know it, it's it's allowed in Arizona. It's allowed in it's allowed in most western states. Yeah, for, for yeah, yeah. mountain and but you know, well, I mean, I, look I, at Montana. I would just you know, I'm sure I'm sure I'll catch flack for this in in Utah because I've I've seen the reactions on social media, but I would just invite everyone to just kind of take a deep breath and consider that, um, you know, it just really what was eye opening to me is, as I, um, the, the stuff I've been reading and in, in hunting related, um, outlets, publications, they're, they're quoting the humane society. Yeah. They're taking it, you know, and the Salt Lake Tribune. Those like in all these, those are and, two rags know, and, we don't need to you know, be aligning yeah. with. And you know, you know what I did. So uh, you're probably aware Utah has had a bounty system on coyotes for a long time. Yeah, I used to you make kill, money that way in high you school. Kill, man. Yeah, yeah, you kill, you kill a, you know. So when they increased the coyote bounty from twenty dollars to fifty dollars in 2012, guess what? The exact same thing that you know there were the Salt Lake Tribune was, you know, coyotes are done for in Utah. Yeah. The extermination of coyotes, this outrage, the humane society, you know, and, and guess what? There's still, there's still lots of coyotes in Utah. Tons of coyotes. And in. so it's, it's, you know, so no, nobody, but my point is it's, you know, it, nobody is for the extermination of mountain lions. No, nobody is. And I don't think that opening this up to year-round hunting is going to lead to the extermination because it's just not the case. It's just not yeah. what the data shows in every other Western state that does that. And and like you said, Arizona, they do it the same way. Yeah. Uh, Oregon, they do it, They and they don't have hound hunting. Uh, and, but still you can, you can basically go out there and, and hunt mountain lion year round. And, and it's just, I, I just, I'm, I'm overly cautious. Like I don't want people to think that, that had a, a quick reaction to it as like, this is going to be the end of mountain lions and conservation and wildlife management and predator management. Like, I don't think that this is the wrong in the ladder that, that you need to get super worked up about because, the, the I don't think that you're going to see suddenly now that there's opportunity to go mountain lion hunting in the state of Utah. I don't think you're going to see this giant influx of hunting mountain lions. I, I just I, I don't think that's going to happen. It takes a special breed of hunter to want to pursue mountain lions. And, and it's it's more of a you have you have people that are dedicated to mountain lion hunting, right? 
And then you have the rest of the hunters, which is the majority of them, that will buy a mountain lion tag in the event that they see a mountain lion. Yeah. And the reality well, is, is that's just not going to happen on yeah. some great big, you know, level. It's just not. Well, you know, in the in the whole the whole purpose, the I know the intent of this law. It's the same intent of the coyote bounty. It's the mule deer. A a mature yeah. mountain lion is going to kill one lion is going mature lion is going to kill sixty deer a year, and mm-hmm. that is you know no one's for the extermination of mountain lions, but Utah mule deer have, have been struggling. They've been struggling. We're coming out of a ma- we're coming out of a terrible drought. We're that we're going to have bad winter kill in in parts of the state this year yeah that's um, a compounded yeah. issue man with the drought that's, the last yeah, decade yeah. and then now we have this terrible winter that they they have yeah. not been wintering the, the normal winter range because mule, the drought. mule deer mule deer have been have been struggling and you know there's there's a, still a lot of general season tags and and honey i mean there there are so many deer hunters in utah and it really is i mean it's 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 even is is tags have become harder to get a hold of. I mean, there's still like you were talking about the general season Utah hunts. A lot of those hunts are still the same. I mean, it's a circus. There's oh, just yeah. a lot. Mule deer have been mule deer have been struggling in Utah, and that's the intent of this is to is 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 is, is the mule deer, and and so that that's why I'm in I'm in favor of it. And if in, you know, in, in a few years, if we, if, when we see data that the mountain lion population, if it goes way dramatically down in Utah, then I know that the, the, the majority will, the majority of hunters and outdoorsmen would support a, a change in course. And the legislature you know? too. Like, Absolutely. like I, I don't think it's not like they're going to pass this law and then all of a sudden you're going to notice, oh man, every Tom, Dick and Harry is out there shooting mountain lions. And now the mountain lion population is 10% of what it was two years ago. So let's keep this going. Yeah. No, that, that will change. But I do, yeah. I, I am curious uh, because this, this kind of stuff, it, obviously with, with what I do, it's always of interest to me. So if there's folks listening down there in Utah and you have a strong opinion one way or the other, I'd I'd really like to hear your opinion on it. And and again, you've heard Travis, you've heard me talk about for for me, I just don't see this as some catastrophic thing uh in terms of like people that go out and pursue mountain lions are a special breed. It takes it takes a very uh, specific skill set to be able to track and kill a mountain lion. Uh, there, there, it's not like, you, you know, I, I think people are reacting as if it's like, oh, now you can get a deer tag for mule deer in the state of Utah to hunt 365 days a year. You, you know, that would, that would be catastrophic, but mountain lions are way different. And, and I just, yeah. but I, I, again, I would like to hear people's opinion. Uh, if you guys, if you guys have a strong opinion on it, uh, shoot me a, a, an email at Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. Uh, I'd be happy to have that dialogue. I just, I just don't see the, you know, catastrophe or the, uh, I, I don't know, the end of the world to mountain lions, you know, apocalyptic kind of, kind of reaction that I've been seeing out of some of the hunters out there. Yep, I agree. So, 
Well, Travis, my friend, this has been a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed having you on the show, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. One day we're going to have to link up. I, You know, I, I, again, I was telling you before we recorded, you're not super far from my family's ranch. And uh, I might have to hook up like a pheasant hunt on the ranch with a, oh, you, you and I or something. That would be great. Yeah, Wouldn't that be fun. Totally, I, totally down. Yeah, I'll bring my uh, my golden That'd retriever got neutered today, and so uh, maybe I'll bring him down. He's he's okay. He's okay with uh, pheasants. He's not like a, a great. He's not he's not a great pheasant dog. But um, uh, one 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 of these days, maybe we'll get you get you up to Alaska. So I'm gonna gonna have some some. I'd love some to. good hunts. Some good hunts coming up um yeah I'd so love to go to alaska man talk more well. about that but the i mean the the salmon fishing alone and it's just oh man it'd it, be a it ball. Ruins, it, <laughs> it's incredible yeah oh, it'd and, just be a ball i i like i believe in in the theory or the premise that uh, alaska is like the last final frontier you know what i mean and yeah. and there, there's so much uncharted country yeah. in Alaska. It's it's just a yeah. an outdoorsman's dream. It it spending a decade away from Alaska hurt me. Like mm. it 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 yeah. just it is it is incredible. It is just it's wild. It's uncharted, and it is um, you know. And, and going in going into a to a spot like this where I, where I bear hunt and, and fish and just being, having it all to yourself and just knowing that, you know, it's part of the allure of, of bear hunting there. And, and just that it's a, it's an area that's just been dominated by those animals for millennia forever. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, you know, if, if any, anyone listening to this that, you know, thinks yeah I, I would never care to go bear hunting that's fine that's totally you know but but un, unless you've done it and experienced it you don't understand it and you can't understand it just like you know there's there's plenty of things that i don't understand as far as that i haven't experienced yet mm-hmm. and Me so too. you know it's all about keeping keeping an open mind and 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 you know if 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 you're going to be you're going to be spending time in grizzly country um you know use common sense you do need to behave differently and and there is there is a difference and and i've seen that on both of my both of my grizzly hunts and and how they you know the the only the only two bears i've i've shot that didn't die in their tracks are grizzlies and um it's it's and it's just a different world. When so. you see when you see a grizzly bear and it's within range, and you're you're like, okay, that's a shooter. You, you know what I mean? You, you know that feeling you get yeah. where it's like that is a shooter. That's, um, yeah, yep. When when you start raising the scope up and and you're you're watching this grizzly bear, um, do you say to yourself like, I'll see you in court before you pull the trigger? <laughs> Come oh, on, come on, you know like, you do. 
<laughs> Try to think. I've been. I know my mind's. Been I moved so to strike. I moved to strike. And, yeah, motion to strike. Motion to so, strike. Yeah, I'm more like, to strike. like you know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna slam the the gavel of that <laughs> that three hundred that three hundred rum is my is the 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 hammer of justice and and uh, you when, know so when that, you see the. Uh, when you see a, a bunch of bull elk bed up on a bench uh, across a drainage instead of bugling, you say, "Your Honor, may may I approach the bench?" Is that what you do? Have you ever tried? It? Like, don't judge it until you've tried it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you if you if you judge it, then then you're 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 missing out because dude, my, my there's nothing like it. My lawyer jokes are so bad. I, I I'm going for I'm going for a record of the most rolled eyes off of one podcast, and I think we're gonna get there. We're we're like close, man. I, I think we're gonna get there. But I do stand by my statement that if you can somehow, or if you even get, you know, if you, I'm sure as a lawyer you've got lawyer buddies, if you can get somebody to say, and it doesn't have to pertain to anything that they're talking about in court. But in front of a judge or a jury or whatever, if they could say, if it's brown is down, no matter what the context is, I will, yep. I will send them a hoodie, a Western Huntsman hoodie, and I will donate a hundred dollars to a conservation group of their choosing. <laughs> so, but I have to hear it. So, I have to hear so, it. Sounds good. I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Tell everybody where they can uh, find you. Okay, you can find me on on Instagram, uh, wilderness underscore lawyer, and uh, that's you can you can find me on the mountain somewhere, not not in the city. That's for damn sure. I dig so. it, man. Well, I know uh, I can I can speak from personal experience that the neck of the woods you live in down there in Cedar City, Utah, that is a a great place to be if you're an outdoorsman. And uh, I would love to uh, go tote around Fish Lake or something with you at some point. Uh, oh, but yeah. that that's uh, that's a great area. Uh, you you are you know just just absorbing what nature has to offer in in that I, part of Utah. So I've got I've got some great fishing around here, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year with the snowpack we've got our, our oh, lakes. Man. You're be filling up, and yeah. it's been. Yeah, it's going to be needed for Utah. Be great for that. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, much needed. Much needed. Yeah. So. So, all right, everybody listening, uh check him out at wilderness underscore lawyer um on on Instagram and that'll be in the show notes. Um uh, he's uh he's got a great Instagram page just so you guys know like you know if you're if you're into mule deer hunting, bear hunting, uh what are those big kokety you're going after there? Um bear baiting. Uh, looks like you've got some pronghorn going on, salmon fishing. Oh, man. So, um, no, this was a great conversation, Travis. I really appreciate you joining me on the show. And let's keep in touch and do this again in the future, man. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Okay, you bet. Thanks for having me. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you 